All right, welcome back to I Hate This Town. Um, I am MJ. I'm here with my co-host, Owen. Hello. Our producer, Nick. Hey. And welcoming back, dear friend and now uh, attorney of the podcast, Shocks. Yeah, few people know. Uh, I, I represent everyone whose podcast I've ever appeared on. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a hard docket, uh, you know. There's, there's just, there's a lot of felonies, folks. There's just a lot of felonies. I have really bad news for you about who we spent the entire last episode of the podcast defaming, <laughs> the former mayor oh, of Pittsburgh. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, well, fine. What's, what's a little light defamation? Exactly. So we've brought, we've brought shocks here for a very special reason. We are, we are. Crossing the streams of our all of our interests. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> we are discussing Fucking classic Jesus. Pittsburgh film, uh, Striking Distance, which takes place about 50% on the water, and Shox is also a uh, registered boat nerd. Yeah, no, I, I just chanting boats, 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 <laughs> slamming on the desk, boots, boats, 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 boats. Just like getting and hollering. Fucker. This for movie, the boats. This movie started and Shocks was like, man, I sure hope that uh, Bruce Willis's character goes through some personal trauma that causes him to stop being a regular cop and instead become a boat cop. I mean, that is like as an outset, that is like a weird movie trope. He's a shitty drunk cop. I guess he just goes on a boat now. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird how that's a thing, because I definitely like looked into trying to be on like the Boston fire boat there for a while. And that's like a retirement gig that you get after you like do 20 years and like don't actually want to like run upstairs anymore. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I'm pretty shocked to find out that anyone in the public service in Boston could run up a flight of stairs ever. I mean, one, a fair enough, you know, <laughs> a flight of stairs, a singular flight is of a stairs. flight, a land is a flight between floors or is it like to the landing? What's a flight here? What are we, what's our, because I'm wondering, it's, like, it's, it's actually some Nick, of those boats have stairs. It's to, it's to the landing, to the wall, till the sweat drips down my balls. Uh, that's actually <laughs> uh, that's actually the definition. Okay, of fair enough. Fair enough. So, so I, I personally, I had never fucking heard of this movie. Same. I don't know how, but you'd never heard of it. No, I, I mean, like, so so if you're it? not from Pittsburgh, take Bigelow, which is like a line from the movie, is a is a meme here. It's like a big meme here. I had never heard of this movie. I Googled take Bigelow like when right before we did this. And I was like, oh, it's from this movie. I've never heard of it. So so th I'm going to date I'd, myself. I'd heard of the movie. I was going to say I'd heard of the movie, but um, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's the, the Bruce Willis River Cop movie. And I. Knew nothing else about it going. It's just Bruce Willis set in Pittsburgh, River Cop. That's it. For for me, it's more like this is one of those movies that was like a poster at Blockbuster for like fifteen years, and it would just like someone put it up at some point in nineteen ninety three, and then it just never got taken down again. And it was like the one that was like vaguely like blown out and just like kind of near the window. Like I feel like that's kind of this. That's the genre of movie that this is. This is from the era where Bruce Willis was just like cranking out action movies, you know. So I think I critical Art. consensus placed it as a generic uh, Bruce Willis action film. I do which, think which it we is, can all but come it's to artfully agreement. done. It's an artfully done. Yeah, we can all come to film. agreement right now that Striking Distance 
slaps. Kicks ass. Right? Yeah. It fucking rules. It's so good. Uh, I want to point out, uh, we're on the right side of history here, and everyone else is wrong. Uh, the 17% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, incorrect. The 35% audience score, incorrect as well. Um, Free my man striking All of these distance. people are wrong. All of these people are wrong. We are correct. And I will be reading out a list of names and addresses <laughs> of critics who panned this movie. Roger Ebert. Okay. Louis oh, Black. Can, you Mike Massey. Okay. 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 No, we are not. We are not. We're not doing. We're not doing that. We're not starting our enemies list of people who negatively reviewed the film Striking Distance in 1993. These are people whose opinions should be completely discarded. They're all wrong. Talk about announcing our legal counsel for the show and then racking up a billion reasons to have legal counsel for the show in the next 90 minutes. I'm sorry that I'm getting our money's worth. (laughs) Our free? free? Yeah, was it... uh, I, I, I will note, however, that part of the reason why... Uh, maybe this doesn't get more play. Is this was post Hudson Hawk, but pre Pulp Fiction? So yeah. like this is kind of like if there was going to be a dead zone, uh, like you know he did Die Hard, he did like Look Who's Talking apparently, which I had forgotten that that was a fucking thing that he was in, uh, and like had even done like Die Hard two and the Bonfire of the Vanities, which was like high profile, and then did Hudson Hawk and like a few other fairly like forgettable movies along with this one. And then in 1994, he did Pulp Fiction. In, like, 95, he did the third Die Hard movie as well as 12 Monkeys. Like, 97, he did The Fifth Element and The Jackal in one year. Jesus Christ. So, you know, like, this was kind of like, this was, you know, this was the kind of thud period of of Bruce Willis where, like, it feels like, you know, uh, maybe... You know, and you know, maybe uh, setting the movie in scenic uh, Pittsburgh was maybe not like you know the uh, the the go-getting decision that one might have hoped it was. I mean, on the one hand, it's sort of an odd choice. I guess if you're going to make a river cop movie, like it makes sense to set it in a city with three rivers, but also like Pittsburgh in 1993 was like fucking forgotten about. So it is sort of a weird choice to be like, oh, yeah, we're setting this in Pittsburgh, that city that everyone relates to and loves to watch and hear about. Well, I do think I do think that there was I I think that part of that was the appeal, right? That it's like this kind of dirty, grungy, like noir town, because originally it was supposed to be a thriller. So and, and less of an action movie. So if you think about like a thriller set in like, you know, pre-tech boom Pittsburgh is, like, pretty good, you know? You got a lot of creepy stuff. Um, But the other thing that I thought was interesting, and we will get into this, but, like, some of it is, like, incredibly locally specific. Like, um, Uncle Nick at one point says, like, oh, I'm just a Larimer Avenue Dago, which, like, yeah, Larimer used to be the Italian neighborhood. But some of it's just, like, complete fucking chaos and none of it makes sense like the i tried to track everything like every geographic location that was going on in the in the like opening sequence and it's literally spans like a three hour radius around the city of pittsburgh yeah it fucking rules it's an exercise in temporal distortion We 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 do got to get into that. All right. So so we open up on the sickest, most nineteen ninety three graphics I have ever seen. Striking distance. 
Also, like, um, shout out, just a quick shout out to the soundtrack, because we also get some, like, so you good. get some, like, squealing guitar, you get some, like, good synthesizer beats at certain points, like, fucking rules, pretty bad. Yeah, they have one dedicated sexy saxophone line. Oh, yeah. It's probably I the same it. guy that came over from Hudson Hawk. Like, he just, yeah. like, <laughs> is it? Like Bruce, Bruce Willis did in the 90s just had, like, a saxophone guy in retainer between, like, 1990 and 1995. Few people know this. You you joke, <laughs> but he did uh, rewrites for this movie. Uh, he did, so he honestly I probably was like, hey, let me get my sax guy from Hudson Hawk while I'm rewriting the script for Striking Distance, which was originally going to be called Three Rivers. We can get into its uh, troubled shooting production schedule later all right so we open up and there is a remote control cop car rolling around a house um and it ends up at a tied up woman and then a gloved hand answers the phone dials the phone so the other end of the phone picks up they say this is zone one police station which is in the central north side uh near the near like near the aviary and like the children's museum so uh, next thing, we cut to uh, who the, are clearly our bad guy driving through some woods and dumping a body. And that looked like Lock 2, which is on the Allegheny, but later they say it's like on, on the Ohio. So I'm not sure exactly where that's supposed to be. Um, so they're talking about, the next day they're talking about the murder, and they say oh, it must be the Polish Hill Strangler. Um, they said they found the body of a woman from Mount Pleasant in the Ohio River. So again, now we're getting into where I'm just like, what? Gee, like again, they didn't look at a map. They were just like, fuck it, that's around. Mount Pleasant is like an hour away from Pittsburgh. Um, and nowhere near Polish Hill. <laughs> and the Ohio River is like no also nowhere near Polish Hill. So this guy basically drove like an hour south of Pittsburgh, dialed a police station in the central north side, and then drove, like, 30 minutes west to dump the body. Yeah, it's called Don't Shit Where You Eat. Clearly. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that's all the exposition that we're going to get uh, for that part of the movie. Now we are going up to um, Bruce Willis and his dad... Uh, who is played by <laughs> Fraser's dad? <laughs> Shit, I forgot. That's I where I recognize that guy from. <laughs> yeah, this is also one of those movies that like just somehow has like every character actor from the period in it. Like Dennis Farina's in it. Uh, Tom Sizemore's just like in it. Uh, John John Mahoney is Fraser's dad. Um, the guy who um, becomes the police chief in Brooklyn Nine Nine is a supporting character in this movie as well. Yeah, he's the prosecutor. As like a like a twenty seven year old. In my opinion, that puts this in the same shared universe as Brooklyn Nine Nine. So. <laughs> oh, oh no. He's also, I'm, uh, also a, <laughs> I'm assembling a shared universe that includes uh Brooklyn Nine Nine and Groundhog's Day. Uh <laughs> and striking distance. All in the same shared universe. <laughs> Too bad Brooklyn Nine-Nine doesn't take place in Pennsylvania. uh, A quick aside before we get any farther away from um, the setup of the serial killer as the Polish Hill Strangler. Uh, The Polish Hill Strangler is just the name of a guy who hangs out in Polish Hill at Rock Room and sells, like, T-shirts that he screen printed. Like, that's just the name of a normal dude. That guy's (laughs) name is Scuzzy. 
the Polish Hill Strangler is just a normal guy who lives there right now in Polish Hill. No, I do. I did like to imagine that all of these stranglings were taking place in the creepy alley uh, next to Gooskies across the street from my old apartment. <laughs> uh, where, you, where you go smoke weed when you're at Gooskies. Um, or don't. Nice. You don't smoke weed while you're at Gooskies. That's not a thing that you should do. You can't, you can't do that in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Correct. It's illegal. it's illegal. Unless you have a medical license. Uh or parody, medical parody, card. Parody. Good. Th- card. Th- 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 thank you, thank you, folks, for uh, catching that one. Uh, re- appreciate it. Uh, just keep it to uh, defamation and uh, stalking, please, if we just could. Uh, yeah. What's it like having a uh, license to practice in all fifty states? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, only only one state right now, and maybe not for much longer after this. So we'll see how she goes. <laughs> Sending this recording directly to the Massachusetts Bar Association. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> I was going to say, I did miss a very important piece of context here, which is that while all of this is going on in the background, Bruce Willis, who is playing um, Detective Thomas Hardy. Uh, which in and of itself is really funny. I know. Uh, actor, <laughs> actor Tom Hardy. Actor and character Tom Hardy. He's actually just um, playing Tom Hardy, playing Bruce Willis, playing Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so while this is going on in the background, um, Thomas Hardy's, the Detective Hardy's uh, partner was his cousin, Jimmy Dottillo, who is currently on trial for um, police brutality for beating the shit out of a lady. Uh, and uh, Bruce Willis is the one who snitched on him. So what they're setting up here is that their whole family are cops, right? So he's got his dad is the police chief. His uncle is a detective. His and his two cousins, his uncle's sons, are also cops and detectives. So that's what they're all setting up. And Jimmy Dottillo is currently on trial for um, police brutality. Jimmy Dottillo is, is his cousin. Yes, a thing that absolutely happens in the real world all the time i was going to say the only the the thing that really took me out of the universe is that he a got snitched on and b actually went to trial and was found guilty uh you know i mean i think that's really i haven't read the reviews but i'm pretty sure that's where everyone checked out it's just unbelievable uh you know you just and uh see that uh bruce willis was not like just shut out from the system because of that but for literally believing beyond that that a cop was the uh, serial killer in this movie. Everyone was like, ah, you're crazy. Get out of here, you kook. But like, yes. And, but the one thing that didn't... is realistic is that there is a just like lizard like cop who looks exactly like Eric Trump, who just hates the fuck out of Bruce Willis for rolling on him. He says that that's like shitty behavior. So he spends the rest of the movie trying to like fuck up Bruce Willis. That's the ball guy, um, right? I can't think of his name. Yeah, Eilar. So let's get to the chase. All right. So, which so, is the most Pittsburgh-centric part of this movie? Yes. Yeah, so, so there, uh, Bruce Willis is talking to his dad, Fraser's dad. Um, Bruce Willis is Fraser's brother, and they're getting ready to go to um, the policeman's ball. Uh, and as they get in the car, um, the radio comes on saying that a the suspect. Their Polish Hill Strangler suspect is um, coming across the 31st Street Bridge and they're in a chase. So now we are getting into like fucking three minutes into this movie, the most badass chase scene ever. It fucking kicks ass. 
Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, they're the most like Also, I I do got to say also just like the most 90s chasing because they're all like the late 80s mm-hmm. Crown Vicks and like you know whatever and so they all have like the yes. suspension yeah, w- of like a wet marshmallow and so you just watch all of them just like fucking bouncing up and down these hills and just like and I gotta say I give them credit because like <laughs> a, a lot of the cops just like eat shit like you know like they're just like parts falling off fucking here there and everywhere like there's like the one dude who like somehow overturns his like car in a tunnel. Well, they're also and it just, really like, fucking heavy for no fucking reason. They're really heavy and they drive like shit. Uh, if you want to go <laughs> off of like these movies, the late '80s Crown Vicks were made with about like twenty percent extra parts in them that are just meant to be sort of like knocked off the side <laughs> of the car during a chase. They're the most like sort of like bouncy, slouchy cars in existence, <laughs> where they just get hit and they kind of like rock around and shed off panels and pieces and keep going it's an incredibly fun chase scene yeah just just like you know just like this is the period where like you know they all like they're just just these fucking boats of cars and just like they have no handling whatsoever like i can't imagine like you know like doing any sort of like intensive driving in these things because like you just like watch them take a corner and it just like the whole thing just kind of like wallows around like it's you know it's just it's fucking it's like it's like one of the, like the fucking uh it it's waving arm guys outside of a used car dealership there's there's this scene and there's another scene at the end of the film that that i want to tie into this but like that weird fucking monster truck crown vic clown car it's, it's scene not. where there's like it's right 20 outside of them going up and down the bumps in that chase scene and they're just going like (laughs) like that's a this movie has like shitty acting and line reads because it's a 90s action film but they didn't have cg yet so like my mind is just like where the fuck did they film that because apparently you guys said it's in the city limits and two (laughs) so so What did they yes. do to those Crown Vicks to reinforce right. them? This is like for for you guys at home. This is literally a series of like ten Ooh. little Ooh. bumpy hills that Ooh. they're just driving like full speed, like forty five, fifty miles an hour. Over. They're just sailing over. Like ima- them. imagine, like imagine <laughs> yeah. like a bullet, but shittier. They're they're crowning. They're crowning like whales. They're breaching. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a pod of dolphins traveling through the urban undergrowth trying to catch one car, and they all survive. And I just wonder how they shot that scene without killing at least two or three people. Well, we'll we will get into that because the Incline did an article tra- that like went through all of the locations in the shot. Yeah, so so basically we start, we're starting and we're coming down... Um, we're coming down. I think that's is that Big Global? Is that um, Heron? The other side of Heron? Whatever. They're basically coming down a hill from the Hill District. Yeah, towards... it's Heron. Allegedly, the establishing shot it's of the outside of their house is totally fucked up. It's in Troy Hill. Oh, thank you. I'm yes. glad you you clocked where that is. 
outside of their house is Troy Hill, but then they're coming down Heron. Continue. Yeah, that's in. So we'll get we'll get there. There's like 20 shots before that. So um, they come down this hill, and that's where you get that famous "Take Bigelow" line, which apparently is kind of turned into some shortcut for like knowing the city, which is weird. I don't know. Bigelow Boulevard is a main street. The um, speed limit is 40. Yeah, the speed limit is 45 miles an hour, which everyone in the city of Pittsburgh has taken to mean 65 to 80 miles an hour. No one has ever gotten pulled over there. It's a main road in the middle of the city that people treat like a fucking Um, It has crosswalks on it. That sounds like (laughs) suburbia. That just... Sounds like kind of like... like Com Ave, maybe like five years or so ago, like or like maybe like you know, or like I think like the speed limit on parts of Stero Drive is like technically like thirty five miles an hour, and it like I don't know that I've ever seen anybody do that. Like you know, yeah. If somebody if somebody was going forty five miles an hour down Bigelow, they would be pulled over for going too slow. Yeah, like you're you're impeding traffic at that point. You <laughs> fucking tourist. Yeah. So so they start. They're going down Bigelow. Um, now they're talking about girls. Frazier's dad wants grandkids. So then they are going down. He goes, take the alley. And it's Strawberry Way downtown. Strawberry Way magically turns into Cherry Way, which is in way away. Um, now they're heading through the Armstrong Tunnel towards the south side. Um, that's where they get into the car accident and the like car just like explodes in the tunnel. An incredible piece of 90s action movie cheese where a, a cop car flips on its side and then you get a fantastic shot of the cop upside down in the driver's seat doing like a cartoonish scream with his hands up and then just getting flattened and fireballed by like a pickup well, truck like, it, it fucking kicks ass it's uh that was the moment we gabby and i were watching this and we saw that we we're like this movie is so <laughs> stupid this is so much fun <laughs> was that uh, like this is just like just as an aside but the, going to what you're saying before like this is like the the period before 9-11 where you could still show cops and, like, soldiers and other shit. Because this is also, like, the same era that, uh, uh, was it Black Sheep came out about, like, just, like, soldiers doing corrupt shit, like, out in, like, Germany or whatever. But, uh, this is, like, still the area where you could show them just, like, eating shit, getting killed, like, being incompetent doofuses, just, like, getting, like, burned to a fucking crisp and, like... Not everyone had to be heroes. It didn't have to be tragic. You didn't get like yeah, the, you can sh- the you know bagpipes or you know like whatever else fucking scene where you have to be like sad about it afterwards. It's just like exactly. oh yeah, man, he he blew the fuck up. How about that? Huh? Look at that. <laughs> we need to go back to that. Cops are expendable. It's a hazard yeah. of the job. It's incredibly undignified. That's what it is. It's just like hey, these people are here to serve. Well, I will say this. This is a point that I wanted to make at some point. This is the most anti-cop cop movie i've ever seen unequivocally everyone in this movie with the exception of bruce willis and i guess his like love interest slash partner sarah jessica parker um is uh, like everyone every other character in this movie is also a cop in some respect or cop adjacent and unequivocally they're all portrayed as like bad people they're bad or incompetent or corrupt in some manner or like morally compromised or, or just like lazy, like lazy, like stupid, bad at their like, jobs. Like it's it's the most anti cop cop movie I've ever seen, honestly, and it's it's really fucking good. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta move on to we gotta cover this chase yeah. scene. It's so only like so after minutes. the cop car explodes, they uh. 
fly out of the tunnel going exactly the same way they came in <laughs> uh, back towards downtown. Um, now they're then they go across. They exit on the downtown side. Then somehow they're like flying across the Smithfield Street Bridge. Then they are back in the south side. Uh, and then they end up at the jail, which is on 2nd Avenue downtown. So they got the guy. Um, yeah, so like to be clear, in the space of like 30 seconds, three they times. cross a river three times. Location-wise, obviously, they're, they're stitching it all together. But for non-Pittsburgh-aware viewers, they're crossing a river scene-wise like three or four times. Yeah, the there's a lot of, of like temporal uh, anomalies here. Now, again, it's a sick fucking chase scene. It doesn't fucking matter. But so... Um, now they got the guy at the jail. Frazier's dad um, is like, hey, stop. And somehow this guy, despite having like the entire back half of his car shot off, like backs down into a parking area and then gets away and we're back off. Um, yeah. So now then they shoot across Grandview Avenue towards Shiloh Street. They, now we get the incredible scene of just a bunch of cop cars bouncing down Duquesne in uh, the street in Duquesne, uh, Duquesne, Pennsylvania, which is like right outside the city in the West side. And so the article that I was mentioning, the street has since been like graded a little bit more. Um, it's still cobblestone, but they, they liked the bouncing so much. They put additional lifts in the hills so that the cars would bounce more. That rules. That's awesome. I know. The fucking shit that they did before CGI. It's cool that the city just let them do that. Why wouldn't That's they? It's gotta be like <laughs> geometric precision. <laughs> like they just did a bunch of like really sick Euclidean geometry to make sure that no one died. They're like, okay, if we put these lifts in, we can make sure that this car launches and lands at the optimal angle to hit the next hill. Like The filming of Striking Distance was the largest cash infusion that the city of Pittsburgh received <laughs> in the year of 1993. <laughs> Production costs from that movie paid for like half of the paving of the East End. All right, so then uh, the, oh, the note I have is Iron City Beer Truck. <laughs> they, they smack... They smack right into one of those old school Iron C trucks and um, cause a bunch of damage. <laughs> and then and then suddenly it's nighttime and they just go careening off a hill and everybody starts rolling. Well, like it's it's daytime. And then so, yeah, then the bad guy car and the Bruce Willis and his dad car go off this hill and it's daytime and they crash and they roll and everyone gets fucked up and like whatever. And then suddenly it's dark outside and they're like pulling Bruce Willis out of the car and he's like moaning and shit. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, they go, they go flippy floppy over the hillside. And, um, as anybody could have called within minutes of him appearing on screen, Frazier's dad is dead. Um, and so Bruce Willis is obviously very torn up about this. So now we cut back to the city county building or he's the just a, courthouse. He's just a big fan of Frazier is actually what it is. <laughs> what is my brother Frazier going to say about this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just to, just to reiterate for the listeners, when every time we say Frazier's dad, we're talking about detective Tom Hardy's dad, who is played by Bruce Willis in this movie. Who's also Frazier's sibling. Uh, yeah. He's Niles Crane. 
he's Niles Crane. This is actually the Niles Crane origin story. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not part of the uh, not part of the uh, um, Groundhog Day extended universe. It's just part <laughs> of the Frasier extended universe. Yeah, this that is Frasier uh, canon. That was actually why uh, why I was invited on the podcast tonight. Uh, was actually just to opine about Frasier, uh, and by extension, Cheers. Great show. There we go. All right, we so go. we cut back to the courthouse, and now it's time for um, Bruce Willis's cousin Jimmy Dottillo's trial. As um, as he is smoking a cigarette in the in the courthouse, um, they pull this guy in and they say, "This is the Polish old strangler. This is the guy who did it." I mean, it's clear that this guy is a patsy, just like That's- some schmuck. He's like you know there like they. He's like a short. He's a, f- he's a fucking man. Yeah, lad. just like short, bald guy. Like not even a short king. Like not even reaching that stature. He's just like, he's, he's there. Full. He looks kind of pathetic. He's just like you know, like doing like that. Like oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And like you know, whatever. And then yeah, and like uh, and at that point, you know, it's supposed to be Jimmy's trial, and he's gonna be. I think he's already been found guilty, but he's supposed to be sentenced that day. And they're like, oh, the judge is gonna throw the book at him. Which like, no, no, no judges. Not. No judge in the 90s ever threw the book at a cop, but that's like a separate, you know what I mean? You know, they would say like qualified immunity. Well, you know, I mean, he uh, he didn't know that like beating someone, you know, with a fucking nightstick would actually cause them brain damage. So it's fine. Um, right. But then somehow they have like the court scene and like Bruce Willis shows up at his fucking crutches because this is like somehow also like right after the crash. And, you know, he's like, but he's also like buried his dad. I don't know. It's like a fucking weird thing. And then, like, Jimmy just disappears. Yes. So, so Brutality Cop does not show up to his sentencing, at which point uh, it is now, again, nighttime, and we cut to a bridge. Um, which is and- just, like, the weirdest fucking smash cut, too. It's just like, <laughs> oh, Jimmy disappeared. And it's like, and then Boom. he's on a bridge, and he's about to jump off of it. He's, like, on the superstructure on the bridge. And it's just like, there's no explanation given for, like, how he wasn't already in custody, like how how he ended up on the bridge, like why he didn't do this before, like he knew he was gonna get sentenced. Like it's fucking weird. I that that is one part I was like, if there's a part of this movie I need to rewatch, it's like the first thirty like fifteen to thirty minutes because I was like, there's a lot happening. They slam an hour and fifteen minutes of movie into fifteen of the like opening scenes of this film. Yeah, like that by itself could have like almost been yeah, a, it's, like a it's movie. It's pretty impressive. So, so uh, everybody is yelling at uh, Brutality Cop at Jimmy, and um, Bruce Willis shows up and he's like, "You're the number one cop, Jimmy. You're the number one cop." And Jimmy keeps going, "Who's the best cop? Who's the best cop?" And Bruce Willis is going, "You are, Jimmy." Um, Both of these and- roles are actually played by Marlon Brando. Uh, <laughs> yes, the fat version. Um, it is really cool to be like to have like you just have to imagine like it, it's I think a little bit of like unintentional character development with uh, Bruce Willis's character where he's like, oh, yeah, I like provided the key testimony that's going to put my cousin in prison for several years. A thing that like never happens to cops and has obviously caused him to have like a, a psychic breakdown. And now he's about to jump off a bridge. You know who's the best person to negotiate him stepping down? Me. 
let me on the bridge. I'm going to talk him down. The guy who's sending him to prison for like 10 years. Yeah. So, so anyway, Jimmy makes like he's going to take his hand and get off the bridge and then fakes him out, jumps in the river. He's, he's and now gone. Disappears into the fog. And so uh, everybody's mad at Bruce Willis. Cut. It is now two years later. <laughs> also, uh, uh, two, two good hardcore band names. Everyone's mad at Bruce Willis and Brutality <laughs> Cop. Uh, just, Brutality you know. Cop is a hardcore band. Everybody's mad at Bruce Willis is a fucking like Midwest emo band. No, that's that's their uh, that's their that's their first EP. <laughs> it's uh, everyone's mad at Bruce Willis by Brutality Cop. Brutality Cop. Yeah, there we go. Nailed it. So another 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 just like truly weird cut. Uh, and now we are in front of a really fucking sick looking houseboat. Um, Honestly. Really, really fucking nice houseboat. Sorry, like yeah, that's like a Sebastopol, California houseboat. That's what they look like on the harbor out there. They're all like done up really nice with nice trim and shit like that. You don't get a houseboat like that anymore. As like your, I'm a shitty cop, and this is where I live now. Like I have in my notes that like drunk cop life is both maritime and also ends up being nicer than like any of us, like any millennial can afford now. Like you know. Being a drunk cop in the 90s, like, you know, you look at, like, Lethal Weapon, he's, like, living on a trailer on the beach. Yeah. Like, you know, like, all that sort of shit. Like, all these, like, drunk, wasteoid, like, self-destructed cops are living a nicer life than, like, any of us could ever reasonably afford. Look, people would spend over a million dollars. Yeah, he has dollars. both a houseboat and a, like, nice fucking finished wood speedboat. Well, like that was polished. his dad's boat. Like t- completely buff, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's like generational cop wealth. We established well, later in the movie boat. that he's like predestined to be a cop. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has three rivers written on it. It's the name of the the original name of the movie. It's Chekhov's boat. boat. Absolutely. <laughs> well, also, too, did you ca- did you catch the uh, similar to the like you know I want you to have kids, uh, you know tom thing that he does in the beginning do you also get the part where he's like oh dad i see you got your boat fixed he's like yeah i just got it repaired i'm putting it in the water tomorrow and car crash that was the second that when he was like oh yeah i'm gonna put it in the water tomorrow i was like he's gonna die immediately yeah 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 Chekhov's dad <laughs> a lot of Chekhov going on <laughs> call this the cherry tree um it's a, it's a that's, theater that's joke. the uh that's the uh, that's the second EP by Brutality Cop is Chekhov's dad. <laughs> Fuck. Um, hey man, we're gonna have a full fucking like three years of tours planned after this. We just gotta start playing music. Yeah, I can get back into drums. Nick, you can play guitar. MJ, you can get back into singing again. I've got that. I've got that. My fucking voice changed from HRT, so I can do hardcore vocals now. Um, <laughs> I was wondering what the secret was. That's that's what we call that's what we call range Secret right sauce. there. <laughs> Being trans. <laughs> <laughs> Secret sauce that being hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so uh, Bruce Willis, drunk Bruce Willis, which we know because he has a bottle of vodka in the trash, uh, is floating in a beautiful houseboat in some really fucking nasty water overlooking um the city of trash pittsburgh pennsylvania and his um cop compadres are 
betting on whether or not he's going to show up to work today. And it's Timothy Busfield, who was in the West Wing um, and is wearing um, the same shorts that my brothers wore to Catholic school. I was going to say also, like, I have as, as my notes, I have. Who wears short shorts? <laughs> Bruce Willis wears short shorts. River Rescue. <laughs> it's true. He's the only one who looks like he's wearing adult clothes, and everybody else looks like they're getting ready for like the first day of fifth grade at like I don't know St. Thomas's well, School for like yeah, deprivation. Yeah, see, little do people know that um, the Pittsburgh River Rescue is actually another law enforcement agency that falls under the purview of the Catholic Diocese. Uh, in in 1993, that's not far off. Uh, big big Pope added again. You know, I mean, you hate, to, you hate to be in the pocket of Big Pope. The Papist menace continues to scourge our rivers. Um, no, 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 I, I got out. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. No more. Co- there's actually no more Catholics involved at the Coast Guard or any. Yeah, no. The, the, it's the, it's it's why there's the why why the racing stripe has orange in it is actually uh, it, they kicked all the Catholics out. It's now a Protestant uh, Protestant militia. Um, I did have a so you have the you have where all these scenes were shot. So I had a question about this related to the river rescue thing. Where the fuck was the river rescue like headquarters? It Is looked like there? it was on the North Shore. That's a set. I'm almost positive. I think, yeah, it's it's set on the North Shore, but the actual headquarters itself, I'm almost positive, was a set. Yeah. Okay, because I, I was going to say, like... I don't think any real location that existed. That is the nicest looking maritime building I've seen in like the grand history of fucking time. Like, you know, generally Oh, it's fucking yeah, sick. Like it's, it's like it looks like a fucking like riverboat casino. It's like white, <laughs> it's got big windows. Like you go inside, like the dispatch center is like really airy and breezy. Like it's got great like it's got great like, you know, interior design. It's like every every like riverboat like thing is like it's a, it's usually just like a boat on a pier, and B, even when there is a building, it's usually like, I don't know, like a concrete bunker next door that's <laughs> like, you know, maybe has like a fan and like a soda machine, and like that's about as good as you're getting. Yeah, there's no universe in which Pittsburgh builds a facility that nice in this in cops. the 80s. Certainly so. not. Well, that well, and that's what I was yeah. like. I was I was wondering so. if it was like if there was some like you know f- otherwise like you know a fancy marina that they like you know, slapped a fucking river rescue sign on and like called it a day. So the fancy, this fancy Marina is Washington's landing. Um, well, of the ones that I know of it's Washington's landing, which is, uh, further East. So I'm pretty sure that this was just some random set that they threw together on the North shore. There's probably a like fancy Marina on the North shore now, but I actually don't know. All right. Um, everybody I know, all the people I know who live on houseboats live at the Brilliant Boat Marina. Okay, so Bruce Willis shows up. He uh, is assigned to hang out with Scold Timothy Busfield. He tells Timothy Busfield to undo something and then dumps him in the river and takes off. The uh, the start line. Thank you. He tells him that that's like the reoccurring bit throughout this whole fucking thing is Bruce Willis like never the bow line, never any other fucking line. It's always like. Yeah, asshole, take off the stern line and then like tries to dump him in the river. <laughs> Which he succeeds with Timothy Buzzfield yeah. multiple times. Yeah, and then like, you know, and then like, you know, drives off. The thing about this movie is like 
for being a low budget action or I don't know about low budget but like 90s action film in the way that it was there are a lot of recurring a lot of little recurring jokes like that one the stern line and and tipping that guy off like they do it a couple times that like I said the taser which is more of like story wise but I just I felt like there were a lot of things that come up multiple like they really made a habit of like we are showing how this is a like character develop not yeah, even they're doing a little like universe and joke building throughout. yeah that didn't necessarily always have like plot weight but I still enjoyed and loved and I was like that's I fun. feel like a part of it too is that they just like they taught Bruce Willis to do one thing and so he did one thing on the boat and that one thing was to tell someone to take off the stern line you know what I mean like and I feel like there's like a couple other instances of that where like even like you know Bruce Willis is like a drunk cop like he just like occasionally handles a booze bottle and like that's <laughs> yeah. like the like he doesn't ever like look hungover it, it's like he's literally called a lush at one point in the film like it's implied that he is a total boozer and a drunk but throughout the film you see him do like one shot with somebody and have like a single bottle of whiskey in his houseboat that gets poured down the drain and that's it like he's not like waking up surrounded by beer. Well, I have I have in my like notes stumbling around trying I have to in find my notes, drink. Damn, Bruce Willis's body is stacked for being a drunk. Yeah, like who knew that being a river cop would keep you in shape? Yeah, no, I've one hundred percent already had more booze during the course of this podcast than Bruce Willis drinks during the course of the entire movie. You know, like it just like it's just weird, and it's like also like a weird thing too, where like a product placement. Like at one point, I have that he like has a bottle of Jim Beam. And it's like, you know, him being a drunk. And it's just like, A, that's weird because I feel like Jim Beam must have paid for that placement, which, like, just leads into, like, you know, uh, all the the booze of choice if you decide to throw your fucking life down the drain. And then, B, it's also just, like, I don't know. It's, like, a weird thing out of all, I don't know, out of all booze brands. Like, you just kind of, like, showed up with, like, this, like, plastic, like, half pint of Jim Beam, and that shows that you're a fucking drunk, I guess. So, uh, Bruce Willis gets a call on the radio that a body was dumped at the Shenango. They say the Shenango Mill um, north of Neville Island. It's actually the Shenango Coke Works. Um, was on Neville Island or north of Neville Island. The Shenango Steelworks was in Sharpsville, Pennsylvania. Neither of them exist anymore. Um, uh, I have here Owen baby buttons. What <laughs> do you ever go down? Well, you know, at the button, have you ever gone down to the baby buttons down near like 40 at the bottom of 43rd? No, what are the baby buttons? All right, you're talking about the they're buttons, buttons the, but they're small. You're talking about the button, like the outdoor, like venue space well i mean yeah it's just like a big flat round thing but yeah okay yeah anyway one of the things that you do when you live in pittsburgh is you hang out like on just like old things that don't do anything anymore and one of those places is a place called the baby buttons and i'm not gonna tell you where it is but uh it's 
they're basically these big round pylons and I always thought that they were for barges, but it looks like there used to be a bunch of them stretching through the river. So anyway, those, whatever those pylons are called, I just always call them the baby buttons and they're sticking out in the Allegheny river and drank a lot of beers on them. Um, so anyway, uh, a woman was shot and dumped in the river. Um, Bruce Willis is instantly like, this is the Polish Hill Strangler. Uh, it turns out that his uncle Nick is about to be the police chief, at which point he says, I'm just a Larimer Avenue Dago, which made me go, huh? So I looked it up. And Larimer was originally the German neighborhood by the early 1900s. Italians from a bruisey uh Abruzzi, Calabria, Campania, Sicily, and Northern Italians became the dominant ethnic group. These settlers were slightly better off than their kinsmen who moved to Bloomfield around the same time. So basically he was like, I'm just a Dago, but a rich one. Yeah, it's um this this uh this movie delves into uh the chaos and tragedy that comes from Irish and Italian bloodlines mixing <laughs> because <laughs> Bruce Willis's like side of the family is Irish and his cousin or his uncle, his uncle Nick is just a Larimer Avenue Dago. And so his cousins who are also cops are, um, are Italian as well. And they like trade old country witticisms back and forth. <laughs> But largely, by and large, just get into absolutely messy slap fights in public places and embarrass the entire Pittsburgh Police Department. So that's like the cautionary yeah, tale of this it's, movie. Is it's that very much? Um, it's very. It's very much outside of you are two wolves, and they're all <laughs> yelling at you. They're all mad at you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dennis. Dennis Farina is. Dennis Farina plays Uncle Nick in this movie, uh, and he fucking kicks ass in this. Again, uh, there's plenty Just of... Just clearly having the time of his that's life. That's the thing. He's fucking, like, chewing on the scenery, like, screaming at his <laughs> family members, screaming at reporters, <laughs> throwing around <laughs> Italian slurs, just absolutely hamming it up, which is, like, that's the problem. I think this movie, like... And is also supposed to be like the next chief of police too. Yeah, it's so funny. It's because it, and it, and it's like talked about. They're like, oh yeah. So I heard the police chiefs retiring. Are you next in line, Captain Captain Nick, Captain Dottillo? And he's like, ah, oh, I'm just a Larimer Avenue Dago. Hold on, give me one second. I gotta lose my fucking shit on like sixty reporters <laughs> in public on camera. I just need to like scream at my drunkard son. <laughs> this is why Italians cannot be trusted. Uh, with any sort of real authority in the world, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, you know, I mean, this was, uh, and many, many people. I think, uh, I, I think, if you look at many of the reviews, many of the critics consider this a uh, really a, a a response film to the uh, the classic Italian American pride picture, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Um, <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's kind of there's a lot of interplay there that I think uh, a lot of folks really missed out. That's on. true. As we get to later, the Italian side of this family comes out looking very poorly. This is uh, a coded Irish supremacy film over like who should get to be the cops of America. I mean, in in retrospect, it doesn't make the <laughs> Irish look much better. <laughs> Is this a W for the Irish, or like, how are we taking? Listen, this? I, I, I think we can agree that, uh, that you know, uh, 
the Irish will take any win they can get. Uh, <laughs> this I mean, is true. You know, we're 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 a people who traditionally don't get a lot of them. So you know, <laughs> you, you can't you, you can't look that gift horse in the mouth. Let's be honest. Even fictional ones. Yeah. Okay. Continue um, with the plot. So. So, so Bruce was Bruce Willis's uh, not dead cousin is back. Apparently, he was in California for the last two years. He says that he doesn't blame Bruce Willis for his brother dying, and he says that his brother was fucked in the head. So is his mom. Um, I have here says his brother was fucked in the head, which is the primary mm. quality you need to be a cop. What it's also um, just like similarly, Tom Sizemore just like showing up and just like fucking chewing the scenery just like being like a drunk dingbat through the entire fucking movie without like and he just like disappeared to california for reasons no one really explains he comes back for no one really explains and he just like is just kind of like a drunk gadfly through the whole fucking movie yeah actually i'm i'm putting this movie in the same universe as um mad men as well just for the california scene it's, this is this is like a this is like a Don goes to California and has a Zen moment. <laughs> his character is really funny because he starts off he's portrayed in like two scenes early on as this like sort of like slick, cool kind of scuzzy cop, uh, and then he go he fucks off to California for two years and when he comes back he's like giggly and incompetent and a drunk but like it's like a completely different fucking character he's like. Hey Tommy, uh, what's up? It's your he, cousin. He got, he got him back. Bad. He really did. He did he, it's like bad. he went to California and lost like 20, 30 brain cells. You know, um, I don't know. It's just very funny. And, As, then, and then we all. I mean, you know, he tracks. he went up to Humboldt County for a while. But obviously, I mean, they they set it up as like, oh, he goes away for two years and he comes back and the murders start again. And you're like, okay, so he's not the killer. Obviously, it's like. Too, too on the nose. He's immediately ruled out, you know? So now um, I don't exactly know what the transition is here because all I have is all caps Kennywood sign. Um, then, <laughs> so now Bruce Willis is back at uh, the world's nicest maritime building and he is being assigned a new partner named Joe something. Joe Christman. And it turns out it's Sarah Jessica Park. Joe Christman, thank you. Um Sarah, it's Sarah Jessica Parker, who somehow got a pair of like shorts that fit her. This is um, wait, this is this scene's played great because he like goes up to the chalkboard and it's like, Bruce, new partner, Joe Christman. And he's like, Who's this? And they're like, you know, go in the other office and he walks in at Sarah Jessica Parker, and Bruce Willis's reaction is just like virulent misogyny. Oh, it's a, it's <laughs> it's extremely funny because he just like walks up to the well, like the, river rescue yeah. chief and whispers whispers in his ear like you put me with a fucking chick. It's like I don't know. It's played very strangely because it's like Bruce Willis has like never seen a woman before and he gets catfished because her name is Joe Christman and he just like loses his shit as soon as he realizes he's been assigned a woman partner. He pulls up her. Uh, there's a great shot where he like goes out to the boat and her gear's already there and he holds up her wetsuit and it has like like breast boobs. cups it has boobs built into it and he just fucking grimaces it is like it is literally like a 10 to 15 second shot of him just getting pissed puzzled. off at this wetsuit anyway and then they just move on from that well then once again like then you know she stands on the stern and you know she you know like does like the take off the stern line and then she knows enough to like catch on the rub rail on the back and like 
You know, he's like, oh, well, you know, maybe this broad's all right. And it's like a real, like, fucking, like, you know, like 1930s, like, Humphrey Bogart moment of, like, yeah, see, man, yeah, maybe the dames do have a place in the police force, man. <laughs> like, also, I would like to note that as soon as she grabs onto the rail, it starts playing sexy music. Also, there appears to be no gravitational force applied to her body as she's holding onto the rail and he takes off. She just goes boop and, she's and stays completely strong as shit. He sees her. He like sly eyes back and sees her hand on the thing and he pulls away at a normal speed. It's like you passed my test. It's like it's like definitely you pass my test vibes. Like he's like, all right, I won't be a dick pulling away from the. Dunk. Oh, you know I'm a dickhead who like usually dunks my partner in the fucking river. Like you know, ah, well in that case, like, and then like, and then they have like the most eventful like first day that is ever fucking possible, where like he first like pulls over like the this like boat full of yuppies who are just like speeding along the river i guess it's like probably like a no wake zone but i don't know whatever he like pulls them over and then like takes their bottle of booze then is like creeping on these like two like i don't know like maybe 18 year old girls who are in the back of this boat which is like weird and then he like takes their uh takes their bottle of whiskey and uh like you know you think he's gonna drink it and then he just dumps it out and then, you know, and then, like, later on, they're driving along. I think it's the same thing where they're driving along and they see a tugboat pushing a barge. And he, he like, notices something wrong. And, like, instead of just trying to pull the boat over or, like, actually calling in for backup or whatever, he just, like, jumps up on a bridge and then jumps on the fucking barge. And then, like, you get Bruce Willis just, like, yeah, just, like, going fucking ham with a shotgun, just, like, blowing holes in dudes, just, like, getting wild with it. And then, like... it's It all happens in such a, like, weird way. Like, I just have, like, Bruce Willis and his incredibly receding hairline are now on the tug? Like, 15 question marks? Like, wait, how fuck did that happen? And then, oh, hell yeah, cocaine tug. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's just, like... coke on the boat. <laughs> there's the classic, like... Mo- yeah, just, like, does the classic move of, like, oh, what is this, like, substance that's, like... You know, uh, you know, cut up in a bunch of lines on a mirror, like you know, in the middle of this barge, which like also these guys are hijacking the barge. So I don't understand. Like, did they it's get extremely, on the barge it's extremely then- unclear what crime is actually being committed. But he gets on the boat, right? Like they're hijacking, like they're hijacking, like four carriers of coal. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's not even clear that it's a hijacking. It's not even clear that it's a hijacking or a yeah. kidnapping situation or what. All he does is get on the boat, gum some coke well, like, that he finds on a mirror, kill three guys, <laughs> and then be like, "All right, I saved the fucking day." <laughs> it's cool. I don't know. We don't probably don't need to dwell it because it's yeah, actually like, completely it's inconsequential like, to the plot. They kind of just have also, him kill three guys. Also, I would like to note that he on. grabbed he grabbed a hat while he was murdering these guys to cover up his receding hairline. Yeah, that actually kicked ass. I noticed that too. Yeah, he, like, changes clothes, like, he, like, gets on the boat, like, kills some dude, like, fucks up a different guy, steals his clothes, does a little bit of coke, and then blows holes in some other guys, and, like, you never, it's never referenced before or after, like, it just happens and then, like, disappears in the ether again. Uh, So, remember how earlier I said that uh, 
the IMDb trivia page for this was very editorialized. Uh, whoever wrote the IMDb trivia for this movie, like, fucking hated Bruce Willis. <laughs> because all the all of the trivia facts have lines like this. Bruce Willis's bald pattern and hairstyle changes miraculously from scene to scene. <laughs> and other there's other tidbits in there where they talk about how... Uh, Bruce went on press tours to praise the movie and then in his typical fashion later walked back and s- admitted that this movie sucked. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's whoever wrote that I would love to meet whichever IMDb mod contributed most of these tips. They just wanted to fucking They just wanted to show they wanted to just throw as much shade at Bruce Willis as possible. Um, be- before we move on from the scene, by the way, before we move on from the, from the scene where he boards the, the barge to like, you know, he, he sees someone, he sees two guys being pushed around by a guy with a handgun on the barge. And he's like, it's my responsibility. And he gives, you know, he has Sarah Jessica Parker take the, take, take the wheel. And as, as someone who is not in any way a certified gun fucker I have a question about how he does this next thing which obviously this is a 90's action cop movie the logic here doesn't need to check out but he takes a shotgun he unloads the shots from it the the fucking shells he puts them in his teeth like he just holds them in his mouth and then with the shotgun not like he had, he's just left it you know empty he just dives underwater gets back out reloads the shotgun is that sensical? Does that make any sense, or did, did any sort I was, of prep work that he tried I, to I do? I picked up on that as well. I was unclear on that. I think, I think maybe what was going on there is either he holds them in his mouth above water so that they stay dry, or he's literally like a squirrel stuffing the shotgun shells into his like cheeks and diving underwater. It's not no, explained. He's, he's fully wet. Then I don't know. I don't know what the fuck the deal with that was. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, don't get me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do own a shotgun, but I have never uh, done that uh, because <laughs> just coming out of the water on the the freaking yeah. I mean, I mean you know, you don't no, have I mean, normally, I mean, normally when you swallow a shotgun shell, it means a little something a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> but um. Now that we talk through all but, the continuity you know, I mean, errors uh, in this movie, I'm starting to understand why it has a 17% rating. <laughs> okay, okay, wait. Don't care. It still rules. Still, still kicks ass. Exactly. Still defending That's it. also why all the people doing these movie ratings, brain, brain, they're haters. Their, their brains don't I'm, matter because they're, they're going into this I mean, kind really of what stuff. we're trying to say is everyone who, hate, yeah, everyone who hates uh, this movie is a nerd. Uh, you're just a bunch of fucking nerds. Um, and, you know, it rules because there's like, you know, a cop dies in a fire and, you know, Bruce Willis like shoots a dude in the hand and, you know, like it's and there's a bunch of police brawls. And so, you know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, this is really just a forerunner of uh, you there's know, classic, oath on oath crime, <laughs> classic FX, uh, classic FX uh, action series uh, Rescue Me. Is really what this is. Oh, I mean, man. you know, it and is. really, if you if you toss Dennis Leary into this movie, I mean, honestly, I'm sure he could have been one of the Irish cops and would have been great. Uh, you know, you just introduce him as like Bruce Willis's weird cousin, and you could like <laughs> once again just expand the universe and the entire fucking thing.
we cut to a blonde woman who will absolutely be murdered. Uh, she is a nurse. She's talking about going to the Pirates game, and she is leaving. Uh, she's wearing a white dress, white kids, and a red cardigan. She's dead as shit as soon believe- as she steps on screen. <laughs> as soon as she steps That's on my screen. murdering outfit. Yeah, I just can't believe nurses had to dress like that. Just like, oh no, to work, you will wear a dress with a crinoline uh, in 1993. Um, so uh, she walks out to her car and she is tasered, at which point Bruce Willis is in his um, his drinking house and he answers the phone and the Polish Hill Strangler song, song starts playing, at which point the bad guy shoots the nurse. Pittsburgh looks very cool, and Bruce Willis goes to, as Bruce Willis drives to the uh, Department of Public Safety to steal the Polish Hill Strangler file from the police department. Right. It's important to, um, to put a point in this right now that he, in the eyes of the police department, the Polish Hill Strangler has been caught. He is in prison. He has currently been sentenced to death and is awaiting execution at some point in the future. The case is closed yeah. in their mind, and they attribute it, like, these recent murders to a copycat killer. Bruce Willis's point, and it's revealed that this is why he was, like, demoted or fired from the police force and had to become a, a water boy scout, is because he went on live <laughs> TV and said that uh, he believes that a cop is the one who did the killings, that only a cop would have the knowledge to, like, avoid detection and commit these murders. So he's like, all right, well, like, this guy's still out here. And everyone else on the police force is like, give it up, man. Like, we already caught the guy. Let it go. So he goes and steals the police files, right? And then has the has my uh, has my favorite line of dialogue. So, like, he steals the police file. Uh, Dennis Farina, like, follows him out, like, finds out that he, like, stole this police file. And, you know, like, they have this, conver- they have this confrontation where he, like, you know, tells him, and, you know, Dennis Rina says there's an old to- an Italian saying, Tommy, don't scald your tongue on another man's soup. And Bruce Willis looks back and says, yeah, there's an old Irish saying, never listen to old Italian sayings. And that was actually the point that I shut yeah. off the movie. Uh, I just assumed that to be the end. So everything else is going to be surprising to me from here. Uh, this is this like, is now this, my life this, philosophy. This is, this is the. This is actually the rising action and climax of the movie. Everything past here is denouement. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything. Like, everything after this. Matter. Yeah. So and then and then you know after that like uh yeah I think at that point uh you know Bruce Willis's character looks at the file he figures out the uh, the guy who um, fingered the dude who got convicted is the Polish strangler the uh, Polish Hill Polish Hill strangler yeah Polish Hill strangler Polish Hill strangler. Um, you know, he goes on like a, you know, he goes on a sea cruise with, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character and, you know, they have like a good cop, bad cop moment where he leaves her alone on the boat and then he goes to like, you know, uh, hold a gun against, you know, the, this one witness's head and try to tell him that, you know, he faked this, uh, faked this testimony and fingered the wrong guy. And then she shows up and tells him that, you know, she pulls her uh, gun on him. And it's yeah. like you gotta let this guy go. You can't just like go vigilante mode yeah. on like you don't some wanna, random guy. You don't sink in like Ohio. Yeah. That's, you don't want to sink down to their level. You well, know, that's, like, sort that's of the shit, other thing know? is he like travels upriver to Ohio. To yeah. is that I, that's not 
That's not that's that can't be true. I swear, I swear that scene takes place like in Ohio. I mean, I I know I could swear it takes place in Greenfield. Well, I mean, she says she she (laughs) says at some point that like you know like we're out of our jurisdiction, which like made me think like, do you really have like multiple like you know fancy river boy units? Because I feel like that's probably not something that exists. Like, there's probably like you probably don't have like you know different marinas like around the fucking city, but whatever. Um. Yeah, the whole thing was very confusing. I just said it looked like it looked like the run in Greenfield. And I immediately when they walked into the bar behind the bartender is one of these promotional Iron City beer clocks that looks like the Kaufman's clock. And I know this because I had one. Uh, <laughs> that's like, some fucking up, Yinzer shots. lore. That's <laughs> some Yinzer lore right there. That's like welcome to the deep cut right there. Welcome to the podcast (laughs) where we discuss defunct Iron City beer merch. (laughs) (laughs) I used to collect Iron City beer merch. This one's a collectible, folks. Well, this is the the antique roadshow of regional beer promotional (laughs) merchandise. It was I was going to say, Owen, it's okay if your gripe with American Pickers is that it's not local enough. <laughs> that actually is my like, gripe. It needs to just be, it needs to be, the, the radius <laughs> needs to be shrunk down to about, I don't know, like um, two miles. Like, tw- like, like a 20 uh, square uh, mile. A 10 radius. mile radius. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, if, I mean, in fairness, I have a regional beard tattoo, so I'm not really one to really talk about that. Uh, but, uh, and I also almost bought an Iron City skateboard, despite the fact that I'm not Fuck from uh, from Pittsburgh. So I mean, I, it's beer I, and it tastes bad. That's all you need to know about it. Many yeah, I mean, many you know, people are saying about Iron City, it's yeah. beer. People have skated for worse. <laughs> okay, anyway, the old the old, Gan- the old Gans of beer tattoo right there. So, uh, <laughs> nice. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, we we all made choices. Um, uh, there's a I I I one of my uh, my last apartment in college. I moved in that th- that was there along with some other old Iron City beer thing, which started my collection. Anyway, one of those was behind the bartender in the bar that they walked into, and I clocked that clock instantly, uh, which is why I was like, oh, this has got to be Greenfield. Anyway, it could have been Ohio. Yeah, it's a pretty hilly for Ohio. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So many, many people are saying. Um, <laughs> I'd like to also point out that they are both wearing sweatpants, um, which they wear for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. This is when uh, Bruce Willis got his full uh, Looney Tunes um, leg piece. Uh, if people will know this, <laughs> it, it gets uh, it gets uh, makeuped out in the rest of the movies that he's ever been in. Uh, but if you look really closely. You can see Tweety Bird on his ass. Um, Are you fucking with me but, right now, or is that a real thing? Oh, yeah, no, I'm fucking with you. That's God like, damn that's it. Not a, that's I was like, that would be so cool. That would make me respect Bruce Willis a yeah, lot so, more, honestly. So, you know, go to law school for three years, and you can lie like that. Um, God damn. That was anyway, fucking I, so, smooth. This is this is absolutely an aside. This is absolutely an aside. But uh, my friend is incredibly gullible, and I was watching. Uh, we were, like, high and watching Bones, and he went, what is her actual name, Bones? And we went, yeah. And, my, and his boyfriend went, yeah, her name is Temperance Bones. And he went, oh, okay. And we just all started losing it. And he got so pissed. He was like, well, what the fuck? How am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to know her name is not Temperance Bones? I've never watched this show before. 
I mean, hey, it's 2021. I would not bat an eye at someone being named Temperance Bones. <sighs> if you, anyway, I mean, I'm pretty I sure s- if there's someone named Temperance Bones, they probably show up on the Brigham Young Money podcast because they're probably from Utah. <laughs> that 100%. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, that... Every time somebody gets caught, gets caught now, all I think is, well, how do I know her name's not Temperance Bones? So speaking of people named Temperance Bones, uh, so Sarah Jessica Parker's character. Uh, <laughs> right, right. The, the, so the guy gets away, right? She draws a gun on away. Bruce and the guy gets away. Uh, yeah. And then, like, and then they know, just kind of move on it. from that. Well, and then, like, you know, they find another dead body, and it turns out it's another one of ex, uh, Bruce Willis's ex-girlfriends. Yeah. It, it yeah, turns so they out, don't mention this before, but all of these are Bruce Willis's ex-girlfriends. Or, like, people that um, he knew or and hung out with. Like, just women that he knew in his life. Yeah. Right. Which, there's um, a very so, funny reveal where Sarah Jessica Parker realizes it, and it's, like, unstated, where Bruce is like, oh, yeah, every woman who talks or hangs out with me turns up dead. And he just kind of fucking stares at her. Yeah, no, no, this is, this is, I think this is post, this is, I, we haven't quite gotten here, but there is the, the, the police ball and, and he does. Well, you know, well, that's the next scene. Up. So like, so she finds out okay. that everyone he's yeah. ever dated is being killed. And then she asks him out on a date, which is a choice. Um, Wait, I thought that scene happened after when they go back to his houseboat. Doesn't he tell her like, no, that's before. Yeah, that's before. Yeah, no, because she comes Damn. to his houseboat okay. after the policeman's ball. So yeah. many things happen in this movie. So she like goes to the policeman's ball with him. Uh, you know, like you know, she's like in a red dress. He's like everyone. Yeah. Every other cop is in a uniform except him for some reason. Who like shows up? He's like, in like a like a like a polo shirt. He's in like a sport yeah, like polo. She, they like you know they have like a they talk to some of the officers. He introduces her to some of his family. And then, like, a brawl happens, and you get, like, uh, not Jimmy, but his other cousin, you know, Tom Sizemore's character, stands up on a table and is, like, you know, like, fucking King Kong, like, beating his chest and, like, you know, drunk as shit and, like, whatever. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, like, you know, and then he's, like, fighting with, I don't know, like, all the rest of the fucking characters, and they, like, kick him out and, like, whatever. And yeah, that's so when... then Sarah Jessica Parker goes back to his houseboat. Yeah, like, hey, um, I just found out that everyone else in the police force hates you, and everyone that you date ends up dead, and also Let's go home together. Well, and then I'm going to pour your whiskey out, you're going to scream at me, and all of these things will combine into a, a, a magical little brew called, I want to have sex with you now. You scream yeah. at me How and lose a fight to, like, ten cops, and everyone who is near you dies. Uh, oh, I just want to, sorry, just to backtrack a little bit. At the policeman's ball, I have this in my notes. Very Pittsburgh moment. Fireworks at the end. Wouldn't be a Pittsburgh movie without Zambelli's fireworks. So they keep on going. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker's like, I'm not going to go home. I want to fuck you. And then they make out, and then they fuck, and it takes way longer than it should. Apparently that yeah. scene was entirely reshot to be more sensual after well they put the sexy sax tone in there right like they screened it with test audiences and people didn't like it and they reshot it to be sexier apparently according to the imdb trivia i read well well then there's like a weird thing where like you can't figure out at first whether or not they're actually getting like whether it's just a camera shot or whether they're actually getting like stared at by front someone from outside that's what i thought too they are so like they are being like stalked during the sex. Scene. Yeah, 
And then it just cuts to the next day. It just cuts to the next day. Bruce Willis is staring at Sarah Jessica Parker's Right, so this... The most incredible... Okay, so number one, this scene of them going through this lock 100% has to be sexual because it comes out of nowhere and it's just Sarah Jessica Parker on the bow of of this boat just moving through a lock as Bruce Willis looks at her. And then he turns to her and he goes, why did you want to be a cop? (laughs) So now it's nighttime again, suddenly, and they see somebody dumping something off of a bridge. So, okay, this scene was insane. Um, They're chasing the boat. This guy is driving down like a trail. Yeah, like um, a side road. Yeah, it's like so a, we're supposed to believe it's like that an access like, road. So the whole thing is like you know you see them dump something off the side of the road near like a railway trestle. The like a car chase ensues. You know, the, like Bruce Willis is shooting at this car like from the river as they chase this boat down or chase this car down. He's, like, shooting at it, like, whatever. Like, this whole fucking thing happens. And then, like, this guy, like, crashes the car. It's this big fucking fiery explosion. Like, whatever. Yeah, he shoots a flare into his car, and his yeah. car explodes. And the guy just, like, runs off into the forest and, like, whatever. And then at the end of it, you find out that the thing that they jump, that uh, this person jump, dropped in the water was just, like, a rolled-up rug. And, like, so we're supposed to, and, like, all the cops are like, oh, it's just a rug, like, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah, whatever. it humiliates and so Bruce. Su- and so you're supposed to believe that uh, this guy ran from the cops, uh, didn't stop repeatedly when he, like, you know, was told to stop because, you know, from the loud hailer on the fucking boat, and then ran on, ran off into the forest after his car was blown up, all because he did a little bit of illegal dumping. <laughs> you should see how they punish illegal dumpers in this city, man. <laughs> I mean, apparently. I mean, like, you know, Lord knows I'm never going to litter in fucking Pennsylvania again after this. But, uh, I mean, it was just like one of those things that just like the idea that a dude would crash his car and run away after dumping a rug. Like, you know, yeah, and like and you like, just go, not, sorry. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> do whoops. they ever explain? Like, do they explain whether that's like in, like, do they do they? Does it come out whether that's like the guy trying to throw? No, off it the is. Scent, it like is the bad guy trying to. So that, that's that what they be, kind of that's like what imply? becomes apparent. That's what becomes apparent is that the killer, the Polish Hill Strangler, is attempting to frame and discredit Bruce Willis by killing, like killing all of uh, these like women that are associated with him, and then when Bruce thinks he has a lead, he gets embarrassed in front of all the other cops when it turns out to just be. Like a guy, allegedly a guy dumping rugs into the river. And so everyone's like, excuse me, like, hey, maybe this guy is, uh, maybe he's actually the killer. Or maybe his conduct is, like, fucked up. And we need to put him under internal affairs investigation. And then Uncle Nick reveals uh, he's actually been under internal affairs investigation this whole time. Cut to... The courtroom scene. I'm not skipping anything here, right? This is how this goes. Yeah, cut to the courtroom scene. I mean, I'm, he is. I mean, more or less, like you, you do get uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character like revealing. Well, right, right. In the middle of it, in the middle of this, that she has a kid that like yes. isn't really a thing that, that comes is, up before. It after, is completely really? irrelevant to the plot. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yes. like no, the only the whole point is say that like it's okay to have kids and date. 
Like, that's what it is, is, like, it's okay to have kids and date. And there are men out there who will date you if you have kids. That's yeah, actually the lesson of this movie. Just single, just single moms rock is really what the... Uh, the it's the it's very empowering. Like, yeah. Well, no, the whole point is so that at the end, he can be like, he can be like, oh, yeah, remember yeah. kids? Because your dad wanted kids. Uh, the, that was the whole point of that entirely useless aside... Except that we got to hear the sexy saxophone again. Yeah. So he gets... <laughs> he gets called in to like a... Whatever the fuck a, the police equivalent of a court martial like, is. And um, they, they, they actually focus on it. They're like, we can get him on eternal affairs. They're like, we can't get him for anything else. And they're trying to, they're trying to fucking stop him. Like, they're like, we're, we've had enough. But guy. then it's also in like a courtroom and it's like a grand jury proceeding, yeah. but it's not. It's it's fucking weird. I mean, it's another one of those things that's like, I'm not, not sure. Would go. It's extremely, yeah, like this isn't, because this movie is so incredibly like fast paced and has so many things happening in it. Basically, they like court martial him or whatever the equivalent of that is in the cop world. And um, Sarah Jessica Parker walks in and reveals that she has actually been an internal affairs agent spying on him this whole time. But when she takes Her the stand, name is Emily Harper, right? And like he doesn't know who that is at first, and then like, he she, turns around, she walks and in, it's and it's revealed. But then she gets right. up on the stand and she perjures herself and says, like, per, per, yes, uh, <laughs> and says, like, oh no, I didn't actually like draw my gun on him i was backing him up he was actually completely in control the whole time and the prosecutor essentially just like throws his cowboy hat on the floor and stomps on it and like that's like it. well and also like it's like their entire case like against one- him rested entirely on like her testimony and not the fact that he like blatantly stole police files and like regularly dumps his partners off the side of a boat and like goes vigilante <laughs> mode with a shotgun and shit like that. They're just like, well, oh, they might damn. Not have been able to prove that he stole the police files, okay? It's like. All right. They, they might they might have been a gray area. The one black character in the entire fucking movie is like the one, like, is like, you know, like the one, like, internal affairs investigator. Because he's also the one who shows uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character the, uh, the, the news report footage, which, like, somehow she, like, has lived in Pittsburgh for like her entire life and like knows what's going on, but like didn't see and this like cop. yeah, and like is a cop and like but didn't see this like high profile thing where Bruce Willis's character like two years ago said that a cop was the Polish Hill Strangler. Anyway, so so she purses herself, he goes free, and then like you know it's you get her getting kidnapped from her apartment, you know like you know through like some violent shit, and then similarly you have. Bruce Willis, like, kind of, I guess, figure out who it is. It's, like, never really explained. But he, like, you know, goes outside of his houseboat and finds out that, uh, you know, another one of his ex-girlfriends is, like, dead in the river. No, she's the she's actually the uh, river dispatch lady. She's the dispatch lady for River Rescue. Oh, is that who it was? They I ran even, out, of, yeah. they ran out yeah. of female characters that Bruce Willis could conceivably <laughs> know. And we're just like, oh, yeah, like, his coworker will just kill her. She's next on the list. Bruce Willis only knows like yeah. three women in his life, and we've killed them all already, uh, <laughs> except for Sarah Jessica Parker. But he essentially manages to piece together right before this happens that um, the bodies have been floating downstream from like 
the Allegheny, and he realizes that um, uh, that his it's family the, like, that his family used to have a cabin up there that he would go play. He looks at like this old photograph hanging on the wall of him and his cousins, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's Tommy Sizemore." The killings started when he returned from California, and then right as he realizes that his coworkers like body washes up next to his houseboat and he realizes the cops are on their way. So he fucking flees. Right. Yeah. And he like, yeah. is like crying and untying his boat at the same time and jumping into his boat at the same time. And then like, just kind of like flies off in his boat to like, you know, go like, go save the fucking day and like return to this like cabin that like once again was never mentioned beforehand or since like it just like, Oh yeah, there was this cabin that happened. All right, well I guess I'm going there now. Uh, and so he like you know jumps in his fucking Chris Craft and like gets off to like you know the uh, heads up river to it's the uh, the Tilio family cabin and they like keep showing like the little wood carved sign that says like the Tilio like over the fucking top of it and uh, and so he like shows up and he you know and just as he arrives. Uh, like all the you know, Tommy Sizemore's Tommy Sizemore's character shows up, and is like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I I came to arrest you." And he's like, "No, I got a call to meet you here." And then a taser appears from behind him and fucking zaps him, and he goes down. And he comes to when they wake up. Yeah, take it away. The trial is playing on the TV. And it's the dead cousin. I flipped. I was like, what the fuck? Um, Gabby, you know Gabby called right? this twist about like, oh, two minutes before it happened. And I was like, fuck. Because yeah. <laughs> you know what good writing is? Good writing is just like introducing an entirely forgotten character in the like the final act of the movie and like making them responsible for all of the rising action. So, so Chekhov's cousin has returned um he's got his cop uniform on he's doing the evil guy thing where he explains why he did what he did and it all boils down to he's crazy yeah um but also like he also like has his cop uniform on no explanation for how he has the cop uniform at that point or like whatever well he jumps off the bridge in the uniform yeah but like somehow he like survived but like that's not explained that would be a yeah, really that would be that. a really awkward dry cleaning appointment He's to be like, hey, can you can up. you clean off my cop uniform? I jumped into the Monongahela with it. It's like smells yeah. like fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, there's no explanation to like how he survived the jump. That's unexplained. He literally just there's goes. No he literally just goes. I jumped off a bridge and I lived. How crazy is that? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. I'm gonna fucking Wait. shoot you. <laughs> Def- definitely a thing that happens a lot and doesn't involve like a lot of like you know fucking uh, like I know bones. a guy who fell off like a very tall bridge in like the Hudson that he fell into like some mud and he just like essentially slipped into the mud and like so he broke a bunch of bones but survived but like somehow my dude just like jumped into a chasm and like walked away cool which was solid uh can, can we know, also like talk about how many Chekhov's like conceptuals there are in this? <laughs> oh yeah, like like yeah. not in terms of like the true Chekhov's gun. Like the true Chekhov's gun is like a heart, like a gun 
that is just part of the play setting that later becomes part yeah it's of the it's a, well it's a law of theater it's a rule of theater if you yeah. show something in the first act you have to use it by the last act but no i mean like we've talked about it right at the beginning there's so many of these things that they introduce at the beginning of the movie that at the end of the movie they're like aha well and so like you know so they have this moment of uh you know the you know so uh you know tom you know tom hardy wakes up you know, Bruce Willis' character wakes up and, you know, we have this, like, kind of, you know, you know, the bad guy, you know, Jimmy just kind of, like, goes through this, like, long moment of explaining exactly how he, like, you know, he somehow died and then, you know, spent two years, I guess, traveling Europe uh, and then, you know, decided that he was going to, like, you know, then start murdering people again and, like, none of that is explained. But at that point, you know, he decides that he's going to kill you know, Bruce Willis and, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker's character. And that's when Dennis Farina's character walks in, you know, his, his dad, you know, and he, he walks in, he holds a gun on him. And at that point we kind of, you know, get this flashback and we find out that, you know, Dennis Farina was the one who actually killed, uh, you know, uh, Frazier's dad in the, you know, in, yeah. the, in the very beginning action, yeah. you know, because uncle, uncle Nick is the first one on the scene yeah. after their car crash, chasing the killer and he, he realizes that the killer is actually his son. And for some reason, his son just going, I'm, I'm your son. I'm your, I'm your little I'm boy. Little and bitch. he's like, oh, okay, actually, I will aid and aid and abet your, your murder spree. And he like, well, but by accident, because uh, like he, Jimmy, by accident, because because uh, look, I'm only a Bruce Willis dad to a certain point. Right, Bruce Willis's dad crawls out of the car and is like, "Stop! I'm gonna shoot you!" and gets up. And Dennis Farina like rushes him and like in the scuffle, uh, somehow not, like uh, somehow shoots him. Fra- in a Frazier's way Frazier's dad gets shot. Yeah. yeah, no, it's completely unexplained and uh, poorly conceived of. Um, and so that, so that's how he dies. <laughs> yeah, and then flash forward back to the present. Um, uh. Dennis Farina and his son get in a shootout, and well, and just like Dennis you know, Farina dies, R.I.P. to a real one. Uncle Nick, rest in peace. Yeah. And then there's a whole like escape sequence. The cops show up, but um, uh, what's what the fuck is the killer's name? What's his name? Jimmy. Johnny. Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Dutillo escapes. The killer escapes as the cops show up, and. Bruce Willis gives chase to him. MJ, I'll turn it back over to you. So this is another just really incredible chase sequence. And Shox, I think you probably would know what is actually going on a little better than me. Um, But it's boat chase. They're chasing each other on boats. Uh, Jimmy runs out of bullets. Bruce Willis tries to flank him. And then they're ramming each other. And then they both barely don't go full speed into like a bridge yeah, like, or whatever. like like none of the none of this makes sense. Like none <laughs> of this is like none of this is a thing. Like it just like isn't a thing. Like you know, like they're like ramming into one another, but somehow none of the boats ever take damage. Even though like one of them is like Bruce Willis's like custom like wooden Chris craft that like would absolutely just like fucking disintegrate if it was just like regularly ran- ramming into like another boat. Uh, they just like. Yeah, like keep ramming into one another and then like almost hit the support of like one of the fucking bridges. And like the whole thing is just like it's fucking wild. 
like don't get me wrong it's great like in a lot of ways but it reminds it's like about as good as like i think there was like a similar one of these and like uh like one of the bad boys movies like you know like just like one of the you know or something like that where it was just like they just you know kind of just continually ramming into one another and like nothing really happens and then at the very end of it somehow jimmy's boat uh develops a hole in it which i guess was actually just like a hole that was created as a result of like all the filming that happened and all the stunts that they did because at some point they just like punched a f- like a, a football sized <laughs> hole in one of the boats um yeah and so so he runs aground yeah so he runs aground and then they end up like fighting on a dam or something yeah um, owen did you spot where that was i'm pretty sure that's the 40th street boat launch is it? I had no idea. I had no it, idea where that, that scene bri- took place. That like bridged all the bridge stuff in the river, like minus the graffiti. It looks like that minus the graffiti. Well, and then like at one point, okay. at one point, like Bruce Willis, like at the very beginning, he like jumps in the water and then figures out how to get his handcuffs around his feet because he's like doing a somersault while he's underwater, and then jumps up into the that boat was cool. and is like you know steering the boat despite the fact that he's still handcuffed at that point. I guess like. I don't know. Yeah, so, so so they're now fighting on a train bridge. We get to Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we get to what was honestly the worst climactic fight scene. One of the worst fi- oh, climactic fight it. scenes I've ever seen. I thought it was No, I great. thought it sucked. Ugh. No, Whatever. the like the chase sequence at the beginning of the movie is so cool. It kicks ass. And then the fight sequence at the end just sucks. They like kind of shove each other around. There's a cool bit where he uh, like, no, throws awesome. Jimmy Detillo onto the train tracks, but he like rolls out but of the way before the train can hit him. Yeah. yeah, and he jumps back on him. And then, so and then finally, they like roll into the water together, and no. they're fighting in the water, and they're and doing the whole Jimmy's thing dead. where they're like, "Who's the best cop?" But he's not. Yeah, he, like, kicks Jimmy underwater, and you think Jimmy's dead, and then out of the water rises a fist with a taser in it, and he's about to zap Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis grabs the taser and turns it back around on him and just fucking zaps him right in the right mouth. Right in the fucking yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. into into his mouth, uh, which no. was pretty... That was kind of cool. I'm, I'm, and then he, I'm he sorry, goes down. Owen. Wait. Wait one second. He grabs his wrist, turns the taser around, very slowly and deliberately jams it into his mouth, like the most staged struggle scene ever. And he says, who's the best cop now? So cool. It's so cool. Jimmy DeTillo in the throat and Jimmy DeTillo fucking drowns. that part was cool that part was cool the fight scene leading up to it was like pretty mediocre in my opinion um but that part was cool they've got seven different fight scenes brewing and all of them have a little spark (laughs) and then fall off and it's seven events in a row that don't quite connect like the train scene he throws him off the train rushes by. You see Bruce Willis going, <sighs> and then Jimmy Detillo says, "Surprise, motherfucker! I'm still alive." And that happens like five more times. You think yes, he drowns, I love it. He comes back with the it's taser. It's so like, fun. 
And if you want to see the uh, the final fight scene in this movie, you can actually go to Pornhub and just see uh, Irishman uh, humiliates <laughs> Italian man in the mouth. Um, if you just search for that, you'll actually you'll come up with it. <laughs> Irish, Irish man unloads into Italian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the functional end of the movie. Um, Bruce Willis slugs the that's the bad it. guy. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker makes out with him. They go to a cemetery. Uh, and the last note I have is this movie fucking. They visit rules. his dad. This movie fucking rules. Well, it was the most get, fun I've had. You, you get Bruce Willis looking. He's wearing the same suit that he's wearing in. Uh, um, what is that? The fucking movie with uh, Chandler from fucking Friends. Uh, Full Nine Yards or whatever the fuck it oh is. Oh, my God. Um, you, so you get him looking like oh that. Oh, yeah. His, his suit got, at the end looks like shit. Incredibly yeah. disrespectful to his father. Where he's got like... To visit your, his grave in that suit. When he's got the weird little, like, you know, like sunglasses that, like, dudes only wore in the 90s and, like, whatever. And then also... At the very end, uh, the tombstone slogan for his father is like that slogan about how, like you know, uh, you know about honor or whatever fucking else, like you know, uh, loyal loyalty above all else except honor. Yeah, or like, the, like and that, which is the most like ha- like convoluted forced statement I've ever. I don't know. Don't put that shit on my grave. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna yeah, do it. So that does not roll off the tongue whatsoever. So you do that, <laughs> and then yeah, it. and then you see like. You see, uh, you see Bruce Willis with Sarah Jessica Parker and like her daughter, who makes no other appearance in the fucking movie. And yeah, they're, like standing there, and they're now a happy, happy family unit. And I guess Bruce Willis is still a cop now or something. And it's and then the movie ends. Right. Yes. That's it. So, folks, thank you for sticking with us through striking distance. So good. Movie ruled. It's one of my new favorites. Even
Pia 